Hi, this is Jeff Siegel, and you're listening to Advocate Radio. We're going to talk today about the proposed Dallas Convention Center Hotel, and our guests, we've got some very special ones. We've got uh, Sam Merton uh, from the Dallas Observer, who's uh, done stellar work covering the Convention Center, uh, especially on the uh, blog, Unfair Park. We've got uh, Jim Schutz, uh, the Observer's weekly columnist, who has an opinion or two about the Convention Center. And, of course, Rick Wamry, the advocate publisher, and Rick has also uh, been fairly um, outspoken in uh, what he thinks should be done. And gentlemen, uh, rather than uh, sit around and say hello to everybody, uh, so you can all go hello back, <laughs> and we'll bore uh, the audience, um, let's just get started right away. And Sam, uh, can you give us maybe an overview uh, briefly where we are in this process in terms of there's an election, a bond election, excuse me, a referendum coming up in November on whether to build something like the convention center. but. Um, it's actually in May, or May rather, yeah. It's May 9th, okay. yeah. Um, and, and how does you know what's going to play out before then? Can you give us a quick overview? Well, I think the the quickest way to put it is 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 really the the election means nothing, and the reason why that is is because the mayor and the council um, have put the city in a in a position to where construction on on the hotel will begin in April, uh, and you know the, the citizens will. You know they'll get an opportunity to vote on the charter amendment, but um, but really, it means nothing in, in terms of this particular hotel because once construction gets started on it, it, it it really won't affect it. Okay, can you give us an idea on the timeline on what's going to happen between now and what they hope will be the scheduled start of construction in April? Well, right now, um, really, we're at the the tail end of the process. Um, everything is in order for the the council to vote on an operator for the the hotel which um is is going to be omni i mean there marriott has has made kind of a latch di uh, last ditch effort to um to, to get the council to change its mind um, but um, really paperwork is holding up that process right now you've also got um, an agreement with the developer matthew southwest which um, the council um, chose months ago back in June um, which again uh, that part of it is just uh, a paperwork um, you know procedure that is, that is holding that up but once once those votes go past the council it triggers you know construction of the hotel which Matthews himself has told me he's ready to get going in April so okay. uh, the revenue bonds is, is the city ready to go out and sell them? Is there a market for them? There is. I mean, I, I've talked several times with uh, the city CEO, Dave Cook, and um, the, you wouldn't think in, 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 the, in the economic times we're facing right now that there would be um, people willing to, to go into a, a $525 million project like this, but... Um, but there seems to be a sense that this will happen. It's just a question of getting the best um, rate on the bonds possible. But um, it, it it's going to happen. It's just a question of, of timing. Go ahead, Jim. I, I would think that people would be willing to invest in these bonds because ultimately, even though they're revenue bonds, they're backed by the taxpayers of Dallas, full faith and credit of the city. That makes them a... a a great investment, I guess, because no matter what happens to that hotel, uh, the bond buyers are going to be paid back. If, if they're not paid back by the hotel, they'll be paid back by us. But uh, it's probably 
harder to find a, a bigger sort of sitting duck <laughs> uh, uh, to collect your money from than the taxpayers of the city of Dallas. Sam, is there a date on when they hope to announce the bond deal? Um, they've they've kind of floated out, you know, February as a target as to when they want to sell them. But of course, they had originally hoped to have all the the, the votes secured um, on the operator on the uh, on the agreement with Matthew South Southwest done already, and so that's kind of gotten pushed back a couple of weeks. So. I would imagine that um, you know they're going to aggressively push that as soon as those votes are done. Which I you know I think at this point you're you're probably looking at a, just off the top of my head. I think February 11th is 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 a is a council meeting in, in mid mid February where they're probably hoping to get that done and then probably looking at um, you know shortly after that trying to to float those bonds out there and get. Um, get the money in hand and, and get rolling so that, again, construction can start. The key is getting construction on this thing done before the vote. And they, in order to do that, they've got to get the money. Let's come back to the bonds in a second, because I think that's actually, if there's a hang-up with this, that's the hang-up. I want to ask Jim and I want to ask Rick, what what is this overriding cosmic significance that we must do this and we must do it immediately and there is no opposition brooked on it. I mean, why do you think this, the, the mayor and the council are so gung-ho on this? Well, I think the council's gung-ho on it because the mayor has made them gung-ho. I mean, the council guys that I've talked to, I mean, they're behind the hotel, but when you start pressing them on why they're behind it, I, I get some pretty vague stuff. Hmm. I mean, it, they think that it's important for the city and, you know, it's important for the city to grow, and, and that's wording that you get out of Mayor Leopard every time he talk, starts talking about what his vision for the city is. So to me, you know, the guy, he's done a great job of amping up the council members to think this is something that they have to do or they're letting down the city. And I, I agree, and I also think this is more fun for the council members than real work. <laughs> when, when they went through the budgeting process, it, it, it was appalling. Uh, one of the council members who did attempt to sit down and go through the budget and figure out where money could be saved was Council Member Hunt. And uh, she remarked later that she didn't get a sense that too many other members were doing that. And I didn't either in trying to talk to people. I think that's really hard work to sit down with the budget and staff and your constituents and figure out what can go and what can't. Whereas doing something like this, it's big, it's on TV all the time, it's glitzy, it's easy. <laughs> well, Jim, why do you think the mayor is is doing this? I mean, is it is it just because he wants to build a hotel? Does he have an ulterior motive? I'm I'm a, a paranoid person and <laughs> <laughs> a conspiracy theorist. So I I think this goes, uh, you know, 99% of politics in our city is real estate, and I think this is about real estate and downtown real estate. In particular, I believe it has to do with the desire of people who own property in that corner of downtown to do something about values, and I I look around, one of the big owners I noticed down there is Below in the Dallas Morning News. I think that that all has a role. I just think there's an agenda to make this happen for the benefit of people who own property near it, and I think it doesn't have a thing to do with public policy. It doesn't have to do with what the market wants to do. It's, it's all about making stuff happen at that end of downtown. 
which is the next question. And Sam, I, you and Rick, I think, can, can address this. Is this a good time to build a convention center hotel, regardless of whether the city's paying for it, regardless of whether it's revenue bonds, regardless of whether a hotel operator goes out and decides to do it? Yeah, I think the argue, uh, argument could be made that this is the worst possible time to um, to be putting $500 million into a project. And, um, you know, part of the argument that, that Leppert and, you know, the council makes is this general everybody else is doing it kind of argument. Like, how can we possibly compete with um, just looking within the state, Houston and San Antonio and, and Austin, they all have one. Well, how, how in the heck are we supposed to compete without one? Well, I've had numerous conversations with uh, Dr. Haywood Sanders, who, who actually is a professor in San Antonio, and he, he says there is absolutely no link between a convention center hotel and business at the con convention center. And, and I just think right now to just have that general idea of, well, we must build this um, to solve problems at the convention center to compete, it just it's, it's a silly, silly idea in an economy that, you know, where we where we need to be conscious about spending public money, and that's what we're doing here. Rick, you've got a, a very interesting background to address this. Uh, you were in real estate uh, before you discovered your true calling here at The Advocate, and uh, you also served uh, uh, on uh, the, the convention, uh, excuse me, the Chamber of Commerce. Well, the Convention Center and Visitors Bureau yeah. Board. I was a Greater East Dallas Chamber of Commerce representative, and, and I, I'd ask you guys this question too, but I I don't really have a problem with a downtown convention center hotel, and I wouldn't have a problem if the city threw in a few bucks, you know, 50 million or something, you know, mm -hmm. some kind of starter land money or something like that. My problem with the whole deal is why do we have to build the whole thing ourselves? In I mean, in, in real estate, if there's a market for something and real estate people can make money with it, man, they're going to find the money and they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. but when there's not a market, that's when something like this happens, where the city starts throwing money after a deal that can't be funded independently. So I don't have a problem with the hotel per se. I have a problem with the city owning the whole thing. And I don't know if you guys think that there's a need for a hotel or if it's just a totally dumb idea all the way across the line. I, I agree on the ownership thing 100%. I just, and on the signals we get from the market. The mayor has said, we have to do this because it can't be done uh, in, on the market. Well, that's the market telling you it, it doesn't want this. It doesn't need it. And, and uh the reason the Soviet Union collapsed <laughs> because it doesn't work for government to try to force the market. So th this is obviously being done for mar reasons that are not market-driven. Well, you know, and the the argument that, that's been made about ownership is, is that somehow the city is getting this better deal because by owning this thing, you know, not subsidizing it, you know, then we get to reap the profits from it. But you know, what's not being addressed is that, you know, there there's no guaranteed profits from this thing, and and then of course you run the risk of of having to absorb the losses from this thing, and no one's no one's really willing to admit that that's the that's the real risk here is if it loses money, that falls on the taxpayers. I I, I was. I'm curious because Rick, you've served on these bodies, and from watching it for years and years, my my impression is that the most scarce resource they have is their time and concentration. And so, what bothers me is the city and the hotel business just devoting all this effort to a hotel. Why don't they fix the streets first? I mean, well, well you know, from the, when I was on the convention center and visitors bureau board. I mean, that, that's a group that's totally focused on bringing people to Dallas, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not, 
I wouldn't say they're not worried about the potholes, but that's not right. their issue. So they're just, and I, I don't say this negatively, but they're out to get their own stuff. I mean, that's their issue. That's what they want. They want sure. city resources to help them do that. And, you know, you can't really blame them for that. And yeah. they have a legitimate mission. They feel in their own minds that if they had a hotel, they could sell more conventions. And, and it makes sense to me intuitively. I, I know that you're, you, what you're saying about the study it doesn't show that, but... I mean, I'd rather, when I, the conventions I've gone to, I'd rather go to a place where the hotel is next to the event. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just easier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't want, that's when I'm paying, you know, $100 or $200 a night to go there, not when I'm paying $550 million for the privilege of having it done. All right. <laughs> All right. You mentioned $550 million. Sam, you said earlier $525 million. The great mystery to this <laughs> is how much this thing is actually going to cost us. And this is very complicated. And Sam, I'm hoping you can maybe talk us through this. First off, the price, when we'll just assume the benefit of the doubt, it's $525 million. How is this going to change depending on the revenue bonds and what they have to sell them for? And is there a point at which what the bonds cost to sell changes what they want to do? And can this in some way jeopardize the project? Well, I mean, to address the cost very quickly, I mean, the reason why it went from 550 to 525 is you had this this guaranteed maximum price, which was in this agreement with Matthew Southwest on a, on, a, on a price at which the city will not exceed on the hotel itself, which came out at $356 million, which originally, you know, was around... $400 million. Now, of course, that gap is bigger than the $25 million, which that's a lot to get into, but essentially that accounts for the difference. Now, of course, you say, okay, if this agreement was for 356 how are we up, you know, at 525 Well, that's the difference between the price for the hotel and the bond, is- bond issuance on the hotel. Now, when you talk about bond issuance, you're talking about capitalized interest, you're talking about the, the amount that we paid for the land. Now that's already a done deal, which is kind of part of the trickery in all this is that the city paid $42 million for a parking lot to put this hotel and they used, they secured that with, with, um, with tax money. They did it with certificates of obligation, now they have to pay that back. And part of that is going to be taking out new bond money, revenue bonds on this hotel. So that's put into the cost, capitalized interest, which is money that they're going to have to basically pay back bond money on while this thing's being constructed. You know, there's all those kind of costs that, that are in that. So back to your question about how does the, the, the market affect it, of course, that number you know, is, is kind of out there based on the interest rate that they're hoping to get. If they don't get that, that number is going to be different. And that's, I think, the crux, and I know hardly anybody in town is talking about that. And I know the morning news hasn't discussed it. I know I've never seen the council or the mayor discuss it. And to be honest, I've tried to come up with some variations on that scenario, and I can't find any experts that talk to me about it because yeah. to agree with Jim's conspiracy theory, paranoia, <laughs> I think there is, there, there is a sense that we don't want to get on the wrong side of the mayor of this. So, Rick, being the resident real estate person here, can you give us an idea? Let's just assume a number, I don't know, 10% interest, and let's say you have, I don't even know if that's real or not. And let's just say instead of getting 10, which would translate to the 525, you have to get 13%. You have to pay 13% to raise the money. What does that do to a project? 
Well, I mean, just rough numbers. If it's $500 million project at 10% for getting about amortization, that's $50 million versus 65 if it jacks up that much. I mean, that's a lot of extra hotel room nights and, you know, a lot of construction issues. I mean, it's – and, of course, I don't know if the city's paying that kind of interest, though. Are they – No, we're talking about much lower than okay. that. Okay. Well, I, I, I wasn't – I didn't, I didn't want to get an actual financial discussion. Yeah. My, my point is – what are they going? What's this going to do to the plan for the hotel if they have to pay significantly more in interest? Do they have to make the hotel smaller? I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure that there would be that much of an adjustment in a way. I mean, it's, you know, I'm starting to get to be like Jim now. And I don't know if I'm just getting old. That's <laughs> making me paranoid, or I'm reading Jim's stuff and I'm getting paranoid. But I'm just thinking they they're going to build the hotel they're going to build at about the level they're going to build it, and they're going to worry about the money later. It's yeah. going to come in from some other source or. It's going to be off the books for a little while, and I don't know. You, what do you I, guys think? I heard Ann Raymond uh, with Harlan with uh, Crow Holdings make what I thought was an interesting point. I'd never heard it answered. Uh, the mayor continues to say that we're saving a lot of money because the city can borrow at cheaper rates than you could do in the private market. She said that's absolutely untrue because the law for, for borrowing requires elections and all this stuff, and then you have to borrow it on this timetable. So she said that a, a private developer wouldn't borrow a penny until they absolutely needed it, whereas the city has to borrow it way ahead of time, and it can get some of it back by depositing the money and so on. It doesn't have to, it can, anyway. The, her, her contention was this story was that the city that the story that the city is saving money by using public financing she said was absolutely untrue hey, let me ask you guys a question about Ann Raymond and that effort I mean to me it looks like they're going to be effectively marginalized as you know Harlan Crow's puppet organization right. that doesn't have any of the rest of the citizens interest at heart and that mm -hmm. appears to be the way the you know, the mayor or the pro-hotel people are going to push that. I mean, right. do you see any way they can get out of that trap at this point? Boy, I, I, it, it bothers me because so what if Harlan Crow has a dog in the hunt? I mean, that's where you get some of your, <laughs> the most, the smartest people in a fight like this. Plus, the Crow family does, has a solid reputation way back for, for playing straight and for a good deal of public mind, you know, civic mindedness. I I wonder if they can, if the mayor goes after the crows, I, I'm not sure how smart that is. Well, I, I think two things about that, and, and one of these things you know, I blogged about, which was, you know, the, both sides have, have something to gain in this. You know, Philip Jones, the CEO of, of um, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, you know, he in pushing for this hotel, you know, he landed himself a, a massive bonus, um, over $300,000 last year. You know, the, there's a personal gain in this for, for the other side too. And, you know, so for, for, for them to kind of paint this picture of, well, Harlan Crow's in it for himself. Well, the, the people who want the hotel are in it for themselves too. They're not, you know, Philip Jones doesn't want a hotel for the citizens of Dallas. He wants it for himself. He wants it to, to, for his paycheck, he wants it to make his job easier. So I mean, there's there's both sides to it. And then as and then as far as the crow thing, I, I anybody would be would be lying if they said he's not looking out for the Anatole. But I also think sure. there's a fundamental part of Harlan Crow, the 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 Republican in him that that looks at the city providing a subsidy to uh, you know something that should be you know just. A, a private business it, 
competing with somebody else. And and I, I think he just sees something fundamentally wrong with that, and he's going to fight that tooth and nail. The the Dallas politics and culture question, though, I'm watching, and which I think goes to your question, is, yeah, there's a way for the other side to get out of it. It's for them to uh, paint the picture very clearly of the real estate interests pushing for the hotel. It's for Ann Raymond and that side to say, this is all about making money for Bilo. <laughs> and does that ever happen? And there's such a, you know, that's a, a moment that things never come to, except for me. One thing that really hurt. One thing that really hurts them is that they don't have that political leader, that Angela Hunt, in front of their effort. You know, that, I think that certainly would have helped them if they could have gotten somebody on the council or somebody else to kind of champion their effort. You know, when they have to throw out Ann Raymond, you know, who's an executive with Crow Holdings, kind of who's good, who's good yeah. but she, I mean, she works for Harlan Crow, yeah, so. Right. I mean, I think if they could have found that Angela Hunt um, to put out in front of their effort, they certainly would have had a lot more success. It doesn't look like they're going to find that person, though, does no, it? No. If they would have, it would have been way before now. Because, yeah, what, what a, a suicide mission. <laughs> <laughs> for somebody to go against all the money in town, except for Har Harlan's money. Yeah, I, want, I want to go back and just say one thing. When you were talking about Philip Jones and the 300000 now correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding was maybe it was just the way I heard it, but he's not, he didn't get 300000 for supporting the hotel. He got his 300000 because they did a pretty good job last year at the convention center of boosting room nights in Dallas. And it just so happens that they believe that having the hotel is going to be a positive impact on him. But he didn't get $300,000 to support the hotel in my That's opinion. not solely for him. That was part of the goals that were, that was part of his contract in order to get his bonus. But was there a bonus attached to that? There was, that was part of his goals, okay. yes. Okay, so it was yeah. part of the package, right? It was part than, of the package, hey, if sure. you support the hotel, you're getting 150 and it's not, you're not talking about that kind of stuff. There, there were goals laid out that he needed to achieve in order to get that bonus, and that was one of them, was supporting the hotel. All right, well, this was, uh, this was fun. We'll have to have you fellas back, and uh, we can talk about this Great. again uh, again in a bit. Uh, once again, this was Sam Merton uh, from The Observer in Unfair Park. Uh, the Observer's columnist, Jim Schutz, um, our advocate publisher, Jeff Siegel. No, what am I saying? I don't want to be the <laughs> hey, publisher. Our advocate <laughs> publisher, Rick Wamry. I'm Jeff. a change in power. I'm here. Jeff Siegel. Wow, listen to that. This is um, how you find us. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you've got any questions, you can send us an email here. Uh, the email address for the podcast is on Advocate Radio. It's podcast at advocatemag.com. Thanks again, uh, gentlemen, and uh, we'll have you back probably sometime in February when it looks like this thing is going to play out. Thanks very much for listening.